Buckle up your pant legs, zip up your hats, and hug your computers goodbye. It's time for Sounds About Light, a podcast about Kingdom Hearts 2. I'm Sam. I'm Drew. We all lost a good friend today. But did we? And then we saw him again moments later, but we lost him first. Did lose R.I.P. Tron. Gone but not forgotten or gone. That's right. I mean, he did die momentarily, so... <laughs> he jumped out of... And we're, we're going to talk about that yeah. at length. Uh, but first, I am looking at Kingdom Hearts Soul Sacrifice on the Fanon Wiki. Oh, yeah? What what does what it got for you? Well, fate might catch up to you at any time. Be prepared for the worst. Tagline. Kingdom Hearts Soul Sacrifice is an action RPG created by Skelly Enix. Couldn't think of a better name. <laughs> See, I'm looking, uh, I'm looking at a completely different story, um, which is Kingdom Hearts uh, Soul Story. And <laughs> it's got my favorite Kingdom Hearts locations. Cor- Cornelia... The Drouth Woods with Snow Width, <laughs> Snow Width, and the Seven Droughts too, and then uh, Ohio for Corey McLean, aka Corey Boy series, and then there's the home of Corey McLean and someone's address in Ohio. Well, I do need to shout out uh, Soul Sacrifice oh. for their uh, section headers. Okay, setting beginning of the epic game, the Bergen Hamburger parentheses the middle of the game. <laughs> And final battle. That's pretty good. They finally escape the realm of darkness, but as soon as they exit the door, BAM! Reorganization members come through and find the mystery of the reruns. The reruns are creatures created when light meets darkness in a place called Castle Neox. Well, not really Castle Neox. The version in the world called Source, not the one in Kingdom Hearts. There are 13 members in reorganization. Revex, Rekenko, Rishi, Rishinpur, Reslate, Reawari, Rirasuto, Ritabeta, Ririsai, Ririnku, Rizeruda, Ritesuri, and the leader, Ritronahex. Wow. See, I was confused. I haven't looked at Skelly Enix's Soul Sacrifice. I've looked mostly at Skelly, Anix, Skelly Enix's King, uh, Darkness Heart. Darkness Heart is beautiful. Yeah. It's a wonderful game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> would you like to say some of the worlds that are in Darkness Heart? Yeah, I would love to say some of the worlds that are in Darkness Heart. Um, I mean, you got some normal ones like Monstropolis and Bikini Bottom. Oh, sure, 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 sure. But then you've also got um, the Drouth Woodland. There's Drouths. Oh, the Drouth Woodland. There's Drouths everywhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's Hogs Wart from the Harry Potter series. <laughs> There is, far, far away from Shirk 1, 2, and 3, and 4, <laughs> the substa- subspace Essamani from Smash- Super Smash Bros. Brawl. Anything from Chicken Little 1947? Wait, is it? Chicken Little's not that old, is it? <laughs> well, anyway, well, there's, there there's the farm of chickens, trukies, geese, and ducks. <laughs> um, there's Hyrule Hi- from Zelda. Love that place. And then my all-time favorite Disney yeah. World, which is going to be difficult for me to say, Le Cite Les Clothes from, Dis- <laughs> from Disney's Hunkback of Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of Nankum from Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even see Nankum. <laughs> uh, I saw Nankum for far too many episodes. 
I can't believe. And I mean, we'd be re- we'd be remiss not to mention Bethlehem Desert and Town from at Jesus's side. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. That is, um, wow. Um, <sighs> I'm, I I think it's amazing that two different children are talking about droughts on the Kingdom Hearts wiki. Oh, you think these are different children? I think so. This one's yeah, because um, Soul Story was created by Lightblade Twenty Five, not Skelly Enix. What the hell? <laughs> One of these kids learned how to spell d- dwarf from the other. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, sorry. I know that we should start the podcast, but I just saw Toodles and Quoodles. <laughs> hey, um... Oh, these might be actual characters. Yeah. Can I... Oh, Toodles and Quoodles are from Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Okay, fair enough. I found um a list of random pointless stuff about Lightblade 25... I know this isn't the podcast for this And you can decide to cut this out if you want But um One, I'm a nerd Deal with it Damn it, shaking my fist Two, I'm a Christian And proud to be one (laughs) Shaking my other fist Three, I believe the KH games Are terribly underrated Because they're awesome Agreed Fuck I actually prefer pirates over ninjas. That, Whoa. That's why I like Zigbar and One Piece. I think they... <laughs> I think they might mean Luke Sword. Yeah. Well, Zigbar... Or Jack Sparrow. Zigbar has an eye patch. I think, is what they're doing. Or Sora. Yeah. Oh, he does have an eye patch. That's probably what they meant. Yep. Uh, here's the last thing I'll say. Uh, <laughs> no, never mind. Uh, here's one of the last things I'll say on the Phantom Wiki for now. God, it's the best website. Uh, Kingdom Hearts Breaking Keys is the 11th game in the Kingdom Hearts series and will be released in 2018 on the 3DS Plus and the PS Vita X. Wow, new systems too. (laughs) Hey, starting of this game with a long Apple cutscene. The first part of the game after creating... Oh, no. The first part of the game after creating... The first part of the game, after creating a load, is a six-minute-long video containing various scenes from games and wrapping up the series so far, and then shows the final battle between King Mickey and Trona Hex. Um, I have one last thing to say, too. Um, <laughs> Please. I hate pop music and believe it's a worse taint than the H1N1 virus. <laughs> okay. Well, now I think I know what this was all written Anyway, uh, uh, all right. I need to get moving on from this. I am Freeman J. Period. That's right. We are, are all Freeman J. Period. We watched more Kingdom Hearts two. Yeah, we watched Hollow Bastion, mm-hmm. Space Paranoids Part two. We went to Twilight Town again, and then we we got a little bit of the world that never was at the end. Yeah. Did you like it? I did. I think Sp- me too. Space Paranoids two maybe is. The most fun I've had watching any Kingdom Hearts. It's such a bizarrely great Disney World in a sea of largely shit Disney Worlds, huh? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it's because they actually just told a story about Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> That's right. It's because they didn't bother trying to pretend it was a Disney World. Yeah. Uh, we start 
Sora, Donald, and Goofy arrive in Hollow Bastion, and there's Heartless again. Hey, I thought we dealt with those. Also, why are some of them the data ones that we fought in the Space Paranoids? That's not normal. Uh, Scrooge, though, he's recreated the sea salt ice cream, and he gives some to Donald, and it's weirdly adorable. Yeah. Uh, and they all say the ice cream is very good, and everyone should go to Disney Sea. Right. And then Scrooge says, this is no time for eating ice cream. But you brought the ice cream, my man. Not now. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, they go to Merlin's house. Uh, Sid is banging on the computer while Merlin yells at him. This is where we learn about the Sid-Merlin beef. This is where we learn that uh, Merlin will try to murder Sid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they hate each other. I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, it's a computer man versus a magic man. Doesn't get more opposite than that, folks. Yeah, you gotta. He's a hacker cowboy and a weird old wizard. <laughs> a hacker cowboy and a magic ninja. Oh, and uh, n- nobody pirate. <laughs> uh, they. Oh shit! <laughs> I saw my notes. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I wrote MCU instead of MCP. Hmm. Uh, yeah, the the MCU has run amok, as I think we can all agree. Uh, the MCP has run amok uh, across the city. Leon and Aerith are over at Ansem's study investigating. And I don't remember if we talked about the hundreds of heart tanks on the walls in Ansem's computer room. But they're activated, and they're spawning wave after wave of Heartless. And the MCP is using Ansem's data on Heartless to materialize them in the real world, which is no good. No, it's it's not what you want. And you know what else you don't want is, you know when your computer has like a pop-up virus type deal? Yeah. And it says Ign- ignorant users. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I just couldn't find any help for that, that error warning anywhere. <laughs> There's no error code. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> ignorant users obey the mcp there wasn't even like a like an okay button <laughs> no yeah you couldn't, okay. yeah what am i supposed to do with this <laughs> that would have been the icing on the cake if it, ignorant users obey the mcp and then there's just one button that says i i submit or something. i accept accept <laughs> i have no choice except decline yeah uh sid tells them that they are working on a, an mcp eradication program uh, and meanwhile, Tron is missing in action. Seems like that's the kind of program you want when you've got a rogue MCP. Yeah, I mean, the MCP, say what you will about him, but he is kind of just like the operating system. Yeah, right. So yeah, I guess, yeah, if you if you destroy the operating system, aren't you kind of destroying the whole computer? Can't you just make him nice? Yeah, make him nice. <laughs> MCP niceification, Ray? Yeah. Uh, they go out, they go to the famous castle postern that we love. And the Gullwings are there, uh, waiting for them to call them out for lying about Leon's treasure hoard. Hmm. And Yuna says, I just don't see how we're going to work this out. Which did make me think that they were going to, like, try to break Sora's legs. They might have. They might have wanted to. We, you know. I don't think I, I, don't think I saw this part. Oh, this might have been... What's... Huh. I don't remember if this was voiced or not. I thought it was. Hmm. It's okay. I, at a certain point in my notes, and I should have done this way, way, way before this, but I did start making a note when a scene was unvoiced. Got it. Yeah. Uh, but not yet. I mean... Well, yeah, the Gullwings uh, confront them, and they say, okay, Sora, uh, since you lied to us, even though it was actually Donald, 
we're going to take all of your items. And Sora says no. <laughs> and they immediately give up. Yuna says, oh, foofy, which I didn't like. I kind of like it. <laughs> and they say, no, you know what, Sora? Leon told us that you're working really hard and you're really going through it. So instead of taking your items, we will give you a keyblade. Oh. And they do. That's the opposite of taking your items. And then they do a pose and they vanish from the series forever. That's good. Bye. Why were, why were they here? Why, who, well... Maybe they were a metaphor. You'd always wanted to see them small. Maybe they were a metaphor. They might have been a metaphor for Sora's declining mental state. <laughs> There's a, metaphors uh, have a lot of big, big, uh, big stuff they do in this episode. So <laughs> uh, they catch up to Leon and Aerith, and they tell them what's going on. And uh, Aerith says, "Leon, okay, they can go into the computer. You go back to Sid to get the disc. I'll guard the computer." And Leon is like. I don't know if that's such a good idea, Aerith. And she gets really, really sassy, like an Aerith would. But in a monotone voice. But in a monotone voice, and also, he's probably right to question her, because this version of Aerith, she can't really do anything. (laughs) No, but she can sass. She can sass. We do get her one contribution in this part. (laughs) Yeah. And I can't wait to talk about that. Yeah, that's good. Um... He leaves, uh, but first he does give Sora a keyblade. Sora's just <laughs> piling them up at this point. Where does he keep them? Uh, this is a this is a, a silly thing. Although uh, actually, technically, the keyblades are actually keychains, so he probably just keeps them in his huge fucking pants. True. Oh, right, because you add a different charm, and then it changes the blade, right? Yeah. Uh, here's something I didn't know. Uh, you, there's a completely optional room that you can go into, which takes you down to, like, the ground floor where, uh, where Xemnas began walking down many stairs. And you can go to the quote-unquote Heartless Manufactory. Whoa. And it's a huge circular area with, uh, one treasure chest and a collectible sticker. And I have to assume that that means that there was supposed to be a boss fight here. That would make sense, yeah. Uh, they go to the game grid. Tron is there. They help him out. Mission accomplished. Whoa. What? You you skipped a lot of stuff. <laughs> Did I? Um, yeah, I, I, cause we skipped, um, Leon trying to hack the computer and then. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, right. This is where Merlin tries to kill him. Yeah. Well, because Sid inexplicably is like throwing Merlin under the bus. He's like, I would have had this darn program done if it weren't for that wizard. Yeah. Oh, you know Doesn't what? I say Merlin's magic is slowing him down. Yeah, I don't understand any of this. What's what's did he cat work faster? Stop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. Well, yeah, because like they're combining his magic with his hacking question mark to create the eradication program. <laughs> Haste, <laughs> Haste, Stopka! Oh my God! I, here we go. <laughs> well, maybe I put, uh, hmm, like Kuraga in this, and that might do something to MCP. Oh my God! No, you're right. I forgot because we do find out later that the disc is like the program is weaved with Merlin's magic. Yes, yeah, it's a magic disc. It's a magic techno disc. 
That's right. That's what Sid means. Is he's saying like I would have had it done by now if I didn't have to like program magic into it. Right. That's so nuts. Uh, he calls. I did like the joke where he calls Merlin an old loon, and Merlin goes, "Old loon." Yeah, that's that's when he tries to murder Sid. Is after Sid calls him old. <laughs> yeah, not the loon. He's fine with, but yeah, Sid calls him old. And Merlin fires a magic missile at him, blowing up the computer. Yeah, the computer blows up, and Sid literally has to run out of the room. <laughs> yeah. The computer fully explodes, and Merlin, like, chases him around. But luckily, they got the disc out first, their magic hacking disc. Yeah, I think Merlin might be a bit of a liability to this team. Yeah. I don't know if he should be an honorary member of the Hollow Bastion Restoration Committee. I wouldn't want him there, and yeah, he's not even, he's not even from there. <laughs> I, huh... I don't know if we really know where Merlin is from, because he's from Sword in the Stone, right? Yeah, he's from, like, uh, Arthurian England. Yeah. I don't I don't know if his backstory ever comes up, because there's, there's never been a Sword in the Stone world. Hmm. No. Huh. Weird. Uh... So, yeah, they they save Tron, and they catch him up on what's going on. They do mention, uh, they mention all the people in Hollow Bastion who were concerned about him, and he's like, I had no idea there were so many users cheering me on. Yeah, we all, love, we all love you, Tron. Who doesn't love Tron? Just wait till you reboot, and then you get to dance to Daft Punk. Mm. <laughs> no, he's evil in that movie. I know. He becomes the villainous Rinsler. Until he's not. I fight for the users. <laughs> God, I hate that fucking movie. Yeah. Uh, Leon gets back to the castle with Sid's disc. Uh, Sora and friends, meanwhile, go to the IO tower for reasons that I... Whatever. I, That's where it works, how it happens. I noticed a weird thing, which... So, I see... Leon kills some Heartless with his, with his sick-ass gun blade... Um, and hearts pop out of the Heartless, and I thought that the hearts popped out only when they got killed by a Keyblade. You know what? I actually, uh, I, I did make a note of that in a previous episode. It was the, uh, the Battle of a Thousand Heartless. Oh, right. Because I thought that that didn't happen, and I was about to point out that they blew it and they made something happen that wasn't supposed to happen. Apparently, what it is, is that destroying a Heartless releases the heart. Because the Heartless is gone. The Heart's going to go somewhere. Got it. Um, the thing with a Keyblade is that when you destroy a Heartless with a Keyblade, the Heart, like, goes to Kingdom Hearts. Whereas if you destroy a Heartless normally, the Heart just goes off and usually just becomes another Heartless somewhere else. I see. So, it, okay. You didn't really effectively kill the Heartless. Okay, all right, no plot hole. I was, you know, call, gonna call gonna call Cinema Sins, but we're good here. No, they they they. This is fucking airtight. They thought of everything. Don't you don't you try to punch holes in Kingdom Hearts? I won't. <laughs> It'll never work. <laughs> this is a fucking uh, masterpiece. I don't know what I was gonna say. Sturdy, sturdy, reliable ship. You say that, but I actually don't think there's that many holes in it, partially because anytime there's a hole, Nomura just kind of, like, spackles it in, so. <laughs> That's right, later. Yeah. I honestly think the biggest plot hole in the entire series is Donald and Goofy forgetting that they've been somewhere in a previous game. Yeah. Uh, or, well, chronology. We'll get there. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, Leon tries to log into the computer, 
But the MCP says that he has terminated user control. <gasps> and Aerith says, wait, I have an idea. Why were you doing that? <laughs> this was my thought, too. It's like, you have a fucking magic... You have a magic hacking disc. What are you doing? Because she just puts the disc in the drive, and it's all good. So it's like, why is Leon even... He's like, all right, before we destroy the MCP, I need to check my sites. Yeah, he wanted to check his email first and, you know, answer his <laughs> answer his aim mes- messages. Um, and that didn't work for some reason. So... Uh, Aerith says, don't talk with your mouth full to the computer after putting the disc in the disc drive. Because when she puts the disc in the drive, she says, bon appetit. Yeah, I, I like the idea that the disc drive is how you feed your computer. Um, I was really trying to tell if the MCP voice actor, which I believe is Corey Burton, like most characters in Kingdom Hearts, I really was trying to tell if... If he was pretending to have a full mouth, I really I couldn't tell. It kind of seemed like it. Um, I I wish that if if he was supposed to sound like it, I wish it was more pronounced because I couldn't tell for sure. But yeah, this is first of all, uh, this is the only thing Aerith has ever done. Yep, is put Sid's disc in the drive, and it's also the least bland thing she's ever done because she has a little quip. So yeah. I also started to think that, you know, it's kind of fucked up because I built my last couple computers without disk drives. So I've built my computers without any mouth. <laughs> well, I mean, the stomach presumably would be the hard drive, yeah? Yeah, that's true. I guess now nowadays you feed them like through an IV, which is the USB, which is, <laughs> oh, which is, the, <laughs> which is a USB port or an Ethernet. You know, it's like, like they say, the internet is a series of feeding tubes. <laughs> well... I'm going to feel really bad for my computer from now on, so thanks for that. No, they love it, though. <laughs> I'm just, like, opening up the case and just, like, putting food into the computer. Just a little spoon of beans? Oh, just blue screen. That's weird. <laughs> oh, must must have been... I must not have fed it in time. <laughs> or maybe maybe it's just, like, after you eat a big Thanksgiving dinner and you go to sleep. That's right, yeah. Oh, it's full! That's nice! (laughs) Uh, Sora and friends arrive at the IO Tower, and they see the program loading, or whatever the fuck this is supposed to be. Tron does his famous pose with the data disc from the poster, and he downloads the program onto his thing. And this is the part where he catches the disc and says, It feels weird! And Donald says, Let me give it a go. Yeah. Is that all right? Yeah, he said something about it being magic. It's got Merlin's magic. Yeah. And uh, they take the sword. And his murderous sailor. intent. And, <laughs> and his elderly lunacy. <laughs> but don't let him hear you say that. No. They take the solar sailor to the MCP. Tron, anyone? Y- you know, it did make me think, like, why are these things solar? There's no sun in here. No, and they also, I don't think, had sails. They had little wings, which could be sails. It it was more like a motorcycle sidecar minus the motorcycle. Yeah, it's exactly like that. Uh, They, oh, I like the part where Tron is like, Sora, make sure to keep a lookout. And Sora, like, looks at Tron like, we'll do. And they immediately get ambushed by Heartless. Yeah. But they arrive at the core. I, I did have to laugh at... When they see Sark, Sora's like, Tron, who is that? <laughs> Who's that fucking loser? 
<laughs> they met him once for like five seconds. Yeah. Uh, they have a boss fight. Yeah, and they tell them that they, they say they're better than Sark right as they murder him, which is fun. I, I like when Tron hucks his data disc at Sark, and Sark just, like, gets hit in the head and falls over, and I'm like, oh, fuck, he's dead. Yeah, it's kind of brutal. <laughs> Killed by a frisbee. Uh, this is the part where the MCP is like, Tron, we are better than the users. Work with me on this and destroy them. And Tron's like, no. What, why would that have worked? Um, You know... I, th- I think MCP's just not used to being told no. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, and he grants all of his functions to Sark, who becomes gigantic. <laughs> yes, all you have all of my functions now, Sark. Especially my most important one, get big. My big spinning face is yours to command. I wish that Sark had become a big spinning face. Well, the good news is we still have the big spinning face of the MCP in the background for the boss, for the boss fight. That, that is good news. But they kill them, and they both vanish. Uh, Tron, he, like, celebrates. He kind of jumps around a little, and Sora's like, oh, Tron's got a silly side. And Tron says an absolutely delightful line. I learned it from you. Of course, I do have my silly limits. It's beautiful. That's so good. Um, And then Sora jokes about uh, reprogramming tron and fundamentally changing him as a person when they get out and tron thinks that's funny which is interesting yeah tron laughs at his impending demise i think all that sora said was he was going to program tron to sing and dance yeah still i think if if it was i'm going to teach you how to sing and dance that would be nice i'm going to force you to sing and dance and i guess a little nuts maybe when you're a computer program that isn't as scary but it seems like a threat (laughs) i dance for the users uh, uh, does that happen get... in the Dancing Kingdom Hearts game? <laughs> no, unfortunately oh, not. Man. Uh, but then we get one of the most unexpectedly great scenes in all of Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Where Tron uh, thanks them for... He thanks them and also the the users who were cheering him on in Hollow Bastion for teaching him about friendship. He goes to shake Sora's hand, but then he, like, pulls him into a hug. And Sora's like, whoa. <laughs> Sora says that this is my first time this has happened. And I'm like, you've never been hugged before, Sora? I know that's not true. Yeah, this was this was a, a, a moment of some debate uh, in, the, in the community is, like, has Sora never hugged his friends? Is this, like, one of those, like, in Japan, it's, it's kind of intense to, like, hug people that you aren't that close with? I guess it could have been, like, I've never hugged my bros. Yeah, I, I have a hard time imagining Riku hugging Sora. True. And he's too be- busy beating the shit out of all of his other friends on the island to hug them, so. Yeah. <laughs> but but Tron is like, isn't this what users do when they're sorry to say goodbye? And Goofy says, think of it more as a promise that we'll see each other again soon. And then he gives Donald and Goofy a hug each, and it's just so... It's just so unexpectedly touching. It's really nice. Goofy gives a really good hug, and you can tell he means it. And the thing about this scene that really, really surprises me is I don't talk too much about music on this podcast, but they're playing the song Friends in My Heart. Hmm. And that is a song that is played almost exclusively over scenes of like Sora thinking back to playing with his friends on the islands or like 
Roxas thinking about Naminé, or I, I think it plays when Sora like says goodbye to Hainer, Pence, and Olet, and he starts crying because he like feels this connection with them that he doesn't understand. This is a wild song to play over Tron saying goodbye to them, but I think it really does emphasize what a genuine connection they made with him, and it makes the scene feel a lot weightier than basically any interaction that they have with any Disney World characters. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the stuff I would hope would be happening throughout the game, and... Right. I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad, it's it's I'm, so good. And I'm glad it happens here. Not to take away from... Yeah, it's great that it happens here. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, this is... Like you said, I, I think this is one of my favorite parts of Kingdom Hearts so far. Yeah, it really, it really does feel like this is what it all should be like. Yeah. Is... Because it, it feels like a lot of the time they act like they've made these great friends, but then they go back for their Halloween Town revisit, and they're like, oh, fuck, it's Jack Skellington again. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck, Jack Sparrow's going to talk about how he's going to murder me and take my Keyblade. Yeah, this is this is the first one where I'm like, I hope they get to see Tron again. Yeah. Even, even like Simba, who they summon and make him roar at enemies in the first game. I barely felt like they knew him when they came back. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's really good. It's a great scene. Uh, and then we go to Yuffie and Aerith at the computer. Uh, Yuffie has come to the castle to say, hey, all the Heartless are gone. Uh, everything's good now. What the heck happened? Uh, and Sora, Donald, and Goofy reappear, but they're all they're all looking sad because I forgot to mention something incredibly important that happens in the previous scene. Oh, right. Oops. Oops. <laughs> I forgot to mention that after Tron hugs each of them, he, like, does a running leap into the core and disappears. Yeah. That's, I, that's a pretty important thing to mention. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> it's all good. So they reappear and they're all looking really sad because Tron disappeared. But then the computer turns on and it says, Well, guys, I'm all up and running. Stay in touch now. And they're like, Oh, my God, it's Tron. He's the computer now. Yeah, I liked this. It's Tron OS. Uh, It is ticklish. Yeah, uh, I like now that I know that every time I'm typing on my keyboard, I'm tickling my computer just like I'm shoving food down its throat when I access the internet. (laughs) We we all today have had our relationships with our computers fundamentally altered. <laughs> Irreversibly so. I'm tickling my computer, I'm feeding it, I'm wiping its ass. Whoa. It's when I uh, clean the dust out of the filters. Oh, got it. Yeah, okay. I, I, I buy it. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Donald starts like typing on the keyboard and Tron is like, oh my god, it tickles. Ha ha ha, stop. Sora, Sora makes mischief face. And just starts going to town on the keyboard. <laughs> and then Yuffie, like, leans over to Aerith and is like, these guys have been hanging out with each other too much. Yeah, we need to, we need to like, do something about all the bro time. We need to get these guys away from the computer. <laughs> uh, but Tron does get Sora to stop tickling him long enough to show them some archived data he found uh, of the town when it was first built. And apparently what that means is projecting the past into the town? Yeah, I wasn't really sure. I looked up every summary I could find of this moment, and none of them really made it make sense. It really seems like he actually fundamentally changed the universe by doing whatever he's doing. Yeah, I think all that we're meant to 
understand is that Tron in some way reverted the town itself, which I guess he can do because he is the OS of the entire city now. Right. Into its past state before it was Hollow Bastion. The fucking secret Ansem reports did already spoil the name for us. <laughs> I had that thought. I was like, oh, I probably wasn't supposed to know that, but oh well. No, but it, I mean, you do get that information before this happens, which is nuts. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so uh, we see Cloud and Leon outside, like, watching these beams of light shoot into the sky, and these sparkles are, like, falling from the, from the sky, and Sid and Merlin watch it, and Sid, like, catches one in his hand, and he says, It's just like the old days. And Merlin says, When did such a lovely town start going by such a dreadful name as Hollow Bastion? Probably when, Probably when uh, it stopped. Maleficent and Ansem destroyed it. Yeah, probably when it stopped being cool and sparkly all the time. And some parentheses, bad, fake. <laughs> and some not Jim the Wise. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so yeah, Sora, Donald, and Goofy go outside with Aerith and Yuffie, and they watch the sparkles fall. And Aerith says, you know, this town had another name once. And I love that the way that we learn its name, I mean, not the way that we learn its name, but the way that <laughs> average 14-year-old player learned its name, certainly... <laughs> Is that the Hollow Bastion logo pops up and then it transforms to Radiant Garden. I actually liked that. I thought it looked good. Yeah, it was cool. I like it a lot. So what are these Um, sparkles that are raining from the sky? That's a great question. And weirdly enough, we will never see them again. They make it sound like it used to always be raining sparkles. But... Because I was like, is that gummy blocks? Is that... But it probably is just fun sparkles. I was actually wondering, is it possible that those those uh, famous purple crystals that we saw might have had something to do with the sparkles? Oh, could be. I did. We don't really get a good look at the one that Sid catches, but I was wondering if it might be like a little bit of crystal dust. I don't mm. know. Okay. We, we haven't gotten an explanation for the crystals and the sparkles, and I don't know if we ever will, but... <laughs> yeah, again, though, it's weird because there are prequel games and at least one of them off the top of my head i think just one but you do come to past radiant garden and it's not like that's just a thing that was always happening yeah that would be distracting i think it's just tron's one time celebration sparkle party thanks tron i'm glad you're not dead (laughs) i'm also glad hey i'm really glad tron's not dead yeah i hope tron legacy doesn't happen in kingdom hearts (laughs) that would suck yeah, I wonder how they would deal with that. Uh, here's a thing. I don't know if there's any lore to this, but I will mention it because it's wild. Uh, because this is where we go to Twilight Town. And every every time you go to an area for the first time, or if something happens, maybe they'll make you do it again. But there are, like, gummy sections, of course, where you have to, like, fly your ship around. And it's like a sort of on-rails space shooter type deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to get to Twilight Town at the end of the game... You have to fight your way through a massive nobody spaceship blockade led by a huge fucking Star Destroyer type ship called the Dreadnought. Whoa. I, do, I honestly don't think that the gummy missions are meant to be remotely considered canon, but it's it's a hell of a moment either way. That sounds cool. It's pretty cool. You do like a Death Star trench run at one point. What? Wow. It's pretty cool. They're just going to redo it when they do Star Wars and Kingdom Hearts 4. 
Sure, why not? Yeah, but it's going to be Darth Vader instead. <laughs> yeah, the gummy stuff in Kingdom Hearts 2 is pretty good. I think it's actually really good in 3, but also, I just want to play the game. <laughs> you know, it, it could be kind of cool, though, if you're flying your gummy ship, and then you hear the TIE fighter sound, and then a TIE fighter's, like, attacking you. That could be, oh, shit. That could be kind of great, actually. That actually sounds good as hell. Yeah. And there's always weird inconsistencies about what what is space in kingdom hearts for worlds that involve space yeah yeah because monstro's out there yeah the monstro thing was weird there'll in birth by sleep there'll be an outer space thing that we'll talk about Hmm. yeah so i don't know is star wars world in kingdom hearts if it does show up is it just like a bunch of individual planets in interspace and then they fly their ships around? I don't or, know. Yeah, or, yeah, does Star Wars World contain the entire galaxy of Star Wars? Oh, God. <laughs> or is this the galaxy? Oh. Is Kingdom Hearts is just a subset of Star Wars story. Yeah, Luke walks into the cantina, and there's all these aliens, and some of them are anthropomorphic ducks and dogs. I mean, kinda. There was a sounds good to there me. There was a werewolf I man can't wait. in the in the first in a new hope. <laughs> That's right. There was. Oh god. Uh they go to Twilight Town. Uh Goofy seems to be the only one who remembers why they're here. Yeah. They like arrive and Donald and, Donald and Sora are like, "Well, where to?" And Goofy's like, "We're here to investigate the picture of Roxas Hainer Pence and Olette, right?" And Sora, Sora and Donald are like, "Oh, oh, oh yeah." <laughs> Oh, did you not want to talk about the cloud stuff? Did I miss some cloud stuff? Yeah, the video I had had Cloud and Sephiroth's final battle. Oh, I didn't know that was mixed in there. Yeah, the the stuff that I was watching, I think, I assume that this Let's Player is going to get to Sephiroth at some point. But no, it wasn't in there. Please tell me what happened. Okay, well, um, Sephiroth shows up and talks to Sora. And and Donald, metaphor. he's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm, you know, the darkness and cloud, and they beat up Sephiroth, and then he goes, that's great, but only Cloud can beat me, and Cloud shows up and says, shut up, <laughs> cool, which is his great line, um, nice, and then they fight a little bit, but then Tifa shows up and fights uh, Sephiroth, which is where I have a note that she fights pretty well for a metaphor. And, <laughs> well, she's fighting a metaphor. Yeah, and then I guess you could say the same thing about Sephiroth. He also fights well for a metaphor. Yeah, and then this Tifa doing this ignites light inside of Cloud? Question mark. What the fuck? I don't get any of this shit. And then Cloud and Sephiroth fly off into the sky, fighting each other and disappear. That is what happened when you beat Sephiroth in Kingdom Hearts One. Yeah, that's so weird. And then. Like, Tifa's like, oh, I guess I gotta find them again, but it's okay, because light is easy to find. Um, God. Which is, uh, you know, I think that's just good game design advice, really. You know, um, <laughs> if you're, that's, that's how you get people to look at where to go. Draws the eye, yeah. yeah. Um, well, now I need to look up... <sighs> because that's... Yeah, that's the last time we've seen Cloud. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't uh, appear in three. I mean, most of the Final Fantasy characters don't appear in three, but they appear in the DLC, and he's not even there. So Cloud might just never show up again. 
Yeah, I guess Nomura was like, I guess I finished my fan fiction for that, so that's fine. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'll i be honest. I, I like Final Fantasy VII. I would not be sad if none of those characters ever appeared in Kingdom Hearts again. Their story was done in Final Fantasy VII. It's so stupid when they show up. It's like, there's there's nothing, there's nothing for them to do, well, so it's just like... They just have to gesture vaguely at things that kind of resemble their original story if you squint. It would be fine if Cloud and Tifa showed up to do stuff with Sora, Donald, and Goofy that have nothing to do with their backstories. But the fact that, like, Cloud's mission is still to, like, fight Sephiroth, it's like, no, you've done that. Now just, I don't know, hang out and fish or something. <laughs> I, I have good news for you, though, because there is a Keyblade that Sora gets. He Again, he's just piling them up at this point in the game uh, for beating Sephiroth. And I'm going to send you this Keyblade. Is it a very, very, very I long? I think you're going to get a big kick out of it. I'm assuming it's a very long Keyblade. Oh, what? <laughs> that... This is the first of two, like, car key Keyblades. Yeah, it's just a big car key that's kind of a buster sword. It's got the tape wrapped around it near the hilt. I believe that the the handle guard thing is Cloud's motorcycle from Advent Children, I think is what I read. Yeah, I think so. That looks It's got the the purple of Cloud's outfit. Is it least is it at least really big? Uh let's see what the wiki says. Length? No, don't that's not helpful. <laughs> well, it's 168. Oh, I, that seems... Is that what you wanted to know? I'm sure that's huge. <laughs> Can I find a Keyblade for comparison? Where's the uh, Where's the Kingdom Key? Let me Google Keyblades by length. Okay, the Kingdom Key is 100. So Sora's normal Keyblade is less than half the length. Or, sorry. This is, this is more than one and a half Kingdom Keys, is what I was trying to say. Okay, cool. It, it should be big. It's a big honking keyblade, and it's a big honking keyblade because it's a car key. <laughs> I can't wait till Sora turns into a car. <laughs> he will in Kingdom Hearts Four. I I talk about how he's gonna go to Star Wars, and I talk about how he's gonna go to High School Musical. He's gotta go to Cars. There's no way he's not gonna become a car. Because car, Cars is so fucking popular. Like kids love Cars. They've got to do Cars World. I don't want them to go to Avatar, but they probably will because there's a theme park for it. They will go to Galaxy's Edge and talk about Blue Milk, and they're going to go to Radiator Springs and ride the rides. It's like the that's like one of the best rides at Disneyland. I've never been. That it's okay, but that ride's fun. <sighs> you know, this is not a podcast about how Disney is good. No, because it's not. No. But I would like to go to Disneyland at some point and ride the rides. Well, I live near there, so let me know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Sounds about lights day out at Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, we'll be podcasting while we're there, which is the coolest <laughs> A live thing, episode. The coolest thing to do. I'll I'll be bo- I'll be bounding to Sora. <laughs> god. <laughs> which I wouldn't have to bound as, but I would anyway. Uh patreon.com slash sounds about light to fund us going to <laughs> It's a Patreon with yeah. one gold. Send Sam to Disneyland. <laughs> get, we don't have a Patreon. Get Sam a character <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> Just send me money and I'll go to Disneyland. Yeah. Um, where were we? Oh, yeah. Sephiroth. Blah, blah, blah. Stupid, dumb. It sucks. <laughs> yeah.
surrogate car key. Um, <laughs> Twilight Town uh, is full of nobodies, and all the people are missing. Is that good? Doesn't seem like it, and it looks like the kids are dead. They find Hayner Pensinolet on the man on the ground outside of the mansion. Uh, Hayner says that they they came here to look for Kyrie, and they got attacked by. I must be misremembering. Surely he doesn't say those white dudes. He does. He says those white dudes. I, I, something like that. Those white guys. Something like that. We were attacked. We were attacked by white people. We got got by the putty patrol. <laughs> uh, I like this part where Sora's like, guys, you didn't have to do that. And Hainer's like, yeah, we did. She's our friend too, you know. And Sora's like, oh, I never thought of it that way before. Sora's like, I thought I was the only one that was a, a huge weirdo about friends. <laughs> I like this, though, and I like it because it's something that's very in character for Hayner, as we know him. Like, the scene where uh, where Sora first met Hayner, and Hayner was like, get out of here, fuck off. And this, the scene where Roxas meets Hayner in days that you didn't see, but Hayner's like, uh, what do you want? But when he's friends with people, he will get beat up by white guys for you. He will. And that's friendship. And that's friendship. Uh, Olette explains that weird stuff is always happening around the mansion, so they thought that it might lead to an alternate Twilight Town, and they finally, they finally really, truly dig into the fact that they have Olette's money pouch. I love this jump of logic. Um, there is an identical pouch to the one I have, and the only explanation for that is an identical world. She does say that she made it. I, I know, but... I feel like I would, I just feel like if I were coming up with things, I would assume maybe somebody copied me before I assumed there was a whole other world that was identical to this one. Well, there's also that the pouch has the blue gem from the trophy. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And like, why would you leave that cool trophy behind? No one would ever leave that cool trophy behind. <laughs> um, you know, cause it, yeah, cause you know, I was thinking about how, um, I, uh, I guess this is just a part of the podcast where I brag a little bit, but I I donate to the local uh, NPR um, station, and they they give out sweatshirts. And, That's nice. And uh, they sent me a whole second sweatshirt that was identical to the first one, and I'm assuming this must be from a second digital Los Angeles that exists. <laughs> and they accidentally <laughs> sent me a second sweatshirt from there. There's no other explanation. Yeah, there's a whole other KCRW, a whole other digital Los Angeles. <laughs> i mean that makes sense to me i don't know what else would uh account I can't, for that. Yeah, i can't yeah. i can't explain it you should go to the los angeles mansion <laughs> the one mansion in la yeah i'll go there yeah it, once you find the mansion that la has yeah uh just go into the basement <laughs> and type your favorite flavor of ice cream into the computer okay uh well i'll, I'll report back next episode let you know how that went okay cool uh, we, we've each got our excursions. I'm going to go to Disneyland alone. <laughs> uh, sorry, I did just... I don't know how I missed earlier with the drof, the drof woods that it's oh. Snow Wife. Yes, yeah, Snow Wife. Not important, but it is good. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh I don't remember what Hainer Pensinolet know of King Mickey, but it kills me that in this scene, they're just like calling him the king yeah they just think he's cool they're like oh the king must have given you that pouch didn't he and yeah hayner says that twilight town having a uh, a second 
copy of itself or whatever is the only explanation for how they could have Olette's handmade pouch and the one-of-a-kind blue gem from the Struggle Trophy. Uh, And I do have to say, I love that Sora and friends are so, so stupid that Hayner seems like a genius when he talks to them. (laughs) Yeah. Stay in school. Yeah. Stay in school, listeners. Yeah, this yeah, Sora's years of running around and not getting education is starting to catch up with him. Hayner doesn't even try in school, but he does go at least, and that makes him five hundred times smarter than Sora. <laughs> yeah, they they figured that Kairu is probably taken to the other Twilight Town. I that if that if there's any leap leap of logic here, I think it's that. I have no idea what they're basing that on. Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, although I guess. You know, they saw Axel enter and exit through a portal. They don't know about other worlds and stuff like that, so... Eh, fair enough. All right. Um, But then a bunch of nobodies appear, a bunch of white guys, and Mickey arrives to help, and they fight. And Mickey says that Ansem the Wise has snuck into the organization's headquarters. (gasps) And uh, he asks what they're doing here, and Sora says, well, someone gave me a clue... And I think it might have been Riku. I love how evasive Mickey is at this part. Like, he just keeps saying, like, well, if that's what you think, then I don't know. Yeah, before I remembered that he'd made a promise to Riku to not tell Sora what was going on, mm-hmm. I was I, my notes say Mickey's a cryptic bitch. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Sora is like, please, please just tell me where Riku is. And Mickey's like, I can't. I made a promise. And Sora's like, a promise to Riku? <gasps> so he is okay. <laughs> Kinda. And Pence and Olette start asking him, like, oh, Riku must have been the one who gave you the money pouch. Is he the one who made you promise not to tell? And Mickey just goes, gosh, guys. <laughs> um, you put me in a real uncomfortable situation. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. And Donald is like, you leave him alone. That's the king you're talking to. Must be good to be king. There's a there's a little this is where I finally made a note that this is unvoiced. Uh they when they go into the mansion, they uh Mickey says, "Okay, there should be a computer in here which will lead us to an entrance to the realm of darkness." And Sora says, "Oh, did Riku tell you that?" And Mickey's like, "Please stop asking me how I know these things." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they get to the computer room, uh, Pence says that he knows how to use a computer, and Sora <laughs> breathes a sigh of relief. Oh, thank God we can't, unless we're, unless the computer is alive and can talk to us. Yeah, but this one can't. No. Nope. They should have brought Tron on a USB. That would have been pretty good. That would have been great. They could have fed him to a lot of other computers. <laughs> uh, so, Pence asks if they know the password, and Goofy says, well... Riku gave us the photo along with some ice cream, so maybe that was a clue. And Mickey says, oh, Ansem the Wise was always eating ice cream, but what was the name of the flavor? And there's a little, a very brief gameplay moment here where Pence asks you what the ice cream is called. And the options are Sky Sugar, which sounds pretty good. That does sound good. Sea Salt, which also sounds pretty good. And Liver Pepper, which also sounds pretty good. I would try it. Um... I, my notes say, my god, we will never get away from the sea salt ice cream. Uh, I can tell you that Kingdom Hearts 3 is chock full of the stuff. <laughs> Namura's like, guys, I just, I liked it a little. It didn't have to be everything. <laughs> but the thing is, 
once they put so much of it in Kingdom Hearts 2, there's no way you can... Because it became a meme. You can't back off now. Oh, no, totally. I mean, yeah, they they have to now, but... Kingdom Hearts 3 patch notes added more sea salt ice cream in response to player criticisms. <laughs> uh, so they activate the digitizer, and Sora, Donald, Goofy, and Mickey all go to the digital Twilight Town. And at first, they're very confused... Because it looks like they're exactly where they were, but they notice that Hainer, Pence, and Olette are gone, and also the computer has been exploded from when Roxas beat the shit out of it. Yeah, we get a nice little uh, replay of Roxas beating the shit out of the computer, which is good. It's Sometimes that's how it feels. Mm -hmm. Secret answer report, Ted! Oh! This is the latest one we've gotten so far. The last one we got was Seven, which ended with Ansem going to Castle Oblivion. Right. Sora went to sleep in order to recover the memories he had lost in Castle Oblivion. It would take quite some time to bring back all the memories he had created in his lifetime, but Organization 13 held sway over Castle Oblivion. Sora would need to be kept someplace more secure. I persuaded Naminé to move the slumbering Sora to Twilight Town for safekeeping. Naminé, as I have written before, she is a most unusual being, born of the same process as a nobody but lacking virtually all the elements of a nobody. Perhaps she continues drawing in hopes of capturing that which she lacks, the memories of others, especially Sora. I have arrived at a hypothesis. I believe that Naminé was born as a special type of nobody when Sora attacked himself with the Keyblade, causing his and Kairi's hearts to leave their bodies simultaneously. Naminé emerged as Kairi's nobody, but the body and soul necessary to exist as a nobody belonged to Sora. When a person's heart is stolen, a heartless is born with no sense of self, and the body and soul left behind give rise to a nobody. But what if one willingly releases one's heart from one's body? Sora and Xehanort retained their selfhood even after becoming heartless, as did Scar. Then, there are Kairi and Naminé. Kairi was exceptional for having had no darkness within her heart. Also exceptional was that her heart, once freed, migrated to a new vessel, Sora. The combination of the two theoretically unlikely exceptions may be behind this anomaly. There are matters I must attend to while Sora is sleeping. A new ally has appeared on the scene, Riku. I will now eat ice cream. Whoa, a lot of shit going on there. Scar's actually mentioned in there? No, I made that one up. Oh bummer i thought it was i was like <laughs> this was, this would have been like right at the end of chain of memories right so okay yeah scar wouldn't redefine what it is to be a heartless for a while got it got it got it got it got it he also doesn't say he's gonna eat ice cream but he probably did yeah we can assume yeah uh i feel like this one is uh a lot of these are confirming things that i think we already know now right but I think at the time, this was, like, the moment where you go, like, oh, that's what Naminé is. Yeah, because she's not just Kyrie. Um, so, okay, that's cool. Yeah, it's weird because this is something that I often forget about, is that a nobody isn't literally your body just gets up and walks around after you lose your heart. Yeah. Like, you disappear and... The nobody appears, and they can't exist at the same time is critical. That's what's so weird about Roxas and Naminé, is that they are both seemingly Sora's body as a vessel. Right. Seemingly. Seemingly. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, interesting. Sora's got too uh, many, any... Sora's got too many people in there. <laughs> You shake him and he just like rattles like a maraca. Cause wait, is 
No, Xion just disappeared. Never mind. I was say, well, no, Xion must have gotten who? reabsorbed in some way. I don't know who you're talking about. Oh, right. What did I say? So they find this weird portal floating in the air in the room where Roxas had fought Axel at the beginning. I don't remember if you would have seen that, but after you fight him and you're just like walking around that room, there's just a weird floating portal in the air. Right. Yeah. And it's like, it's making an ominous sound, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, because you, you did play some of two, right? I did. I think they show it in these cutscenes, though. Yeah. Uh, we don't really know why this portal is here. I have to assume that Axel left it, hoping that Roxas might use it. But we don't really find out. Uh, but yeah, there is a portal in Data Twilight Town that will take you through to the uh, world that never was. And they go through the portal, and they're in that weird sort of ethereal nobody logo plane mm-hmm. uh, that Kyrie escaped into from Axel on the Destiny Islands. I think I, I think I added this in the edit on that episode, but this place is apparently called Betwixt and Between. How... It's kind of just the general surrounding area around the world that never was, basically. Got it. Okay. Uh, and they are promptly overwhelmed by nobodies. Uh, but then Axel arrives to save them, and then gets <laughs> dumpstered by nobodies. He does, and then he pulls a Vegeta. Yeah, he first he does he does tell uh, them that Kyrie was kidnapped by an organization member named Syx, and he does ask if they've got it memorized. Of course, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they fight off the nobodies, but they they end up like surrounded by like hundreds of dusks. And Sora says, oh, do you regret betraying the organization now? And he says, nah, I can handle them. And he charges up an attack so big and strong that if you actually look, you can see that he's starting to disintegrate before he even does it. Yep, it's pretty awesome. And yeah, he he blows everything up and he kills all the nobodies in one blast and Sora and Donald the Goofy. Yeah, no, yeah, notably, this works better than, than it did for Vegeta, because Vegeta does this and turns to dust, and Majin Buu's fine. <laughs> God. God, I was... I, I remember losing it at that moment when I was a kid. Yeah. Was that before or after he got turned into a jawbreaker? Uh, uh, Vegeta gets... No, he doesn't get turned into a jawbreaker until later. Which is weird, because he died. <laughs> yeah, he comes back, like, multiple times in that arc. You never know with Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Axel, uh, says that he put his whole being into that attack, and that's why he is now dying. Uh, he says to find Kyrie and apologize for kidnapping her on his behalf, and Sora says, you can tell her yourself, and he says, my heart wouldn't be in it, haven't got one. <laughs> yeah, I like this stuff with Axel, I thought it was, I thought it was good. I like, I like his, his sad, ironic chuckle. Yeah, um, and is this when he says, tell me why, he, why he picked you? No, that's that's it. Oh, that's it later. Okay, all right, all right. But yeah, Sora Sora asks him, "What were you trying to do, Axel?" And he says, "I just wanted to see Roxas. He was the only one I liked. He made me feel like I had a heart. It's kind of funny. You make me feel the same." Kyrie is in the dungeon. You have to go to the dungeon. Yeah, <laughs> maybe a little bit of weird voice directing on that. <laughs> I guess maybe he I, he realized he was about to go and needed to get it out quick. He realized he didn't actually feel that tired. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, he tells them Kyrie's in the dungeon of the castle, and he reopens the portal and fades away. And Axel, he's dead. 
Bye. Bye, Axel. It was nice knowing him. Mm-hmm. We go to chair room, and Zigbar... God, I love this from Zigbar, because he's just like, Huh, I was hoping it would be funnier than that. Yeah, what a dick. <laughs> he was like... He was like, I wanted to see Axel throw one last tantrum, but he didn't even make it that entertaining. <laughs> what an asshole. Uh, Luke Sword says Axel must have been ready to die. He must have gotten exactly what he wanted. A grifter to the end. Does that mean he thinks he's not actually dead? Or... Um, I don't know. I guess it's. I guess he's just talking about betraying them. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. He's like, he's like we, we might think that because he died, he failed. But he got exactly what he wanted by betraying us. What a son of a bitch. Got it, got it, But Sykes gets really pissed off at this, and he's like, he won nothing. He is a weak fool, and he could He's really mad at this. Yeah, Sykes is definitely not mad, but he's very mad. He is not handling this very well. I mean, I guess we kind of know that Axel used to be, like, his best friend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Xemnas tells them that... uh, what you may call Axel's weakness is the power to awaken what is dormant, which is kind of interesting considering that we know that uh, uh, Xemnas' powers are all elementally themed around nothingness. Right. So I, I thought I thought it was cool in much the same way that Luke Sword is always saying, like, the die is cast and shit like that. Right, right. <laughs> I like that Xemnas is doing nothingness-themed <laughs> speeches. Yeah, you gotta, be, you gotta be on brand when you're a nobody. But uh, yeah, he says that Axel has touched Sora's heart, and he might soon awaken, and they look at what we have to assume is Roxas's empty chair. Yeah, they don't have names on them, so you can't really tell, but that must be what it is. <laughs> and the heights apparently change, so we can't even go by that. Nope. Uh, Sora, Don, Goofy, and Mickey arrive in the world that never was. They see Kingdom Hearts in the sky, and Mickey just runs on ahead without them. <laughs> yeah. I assume that that was just we don't want Mickey to make this part too easy. I yeah, I would guess that would be that would make sense. Yeah, I do like this though. I I like we get to see more of it when Mickey is around more, which he will be in Birth by Sleep, I think, if I remember correctly. But I like that we see this sort of recurring thing with Mickey, where he's like he's pretty impulsive and impatient. He doesn't. He doesn't like to think before he jumps into stuff. Yeah, he's... which which is fun because I I like that uh, as as the king. I feel like Donald and Goofy have to like make excuses for him a lot of the time. I mean, like this is what we saw with the very beginning of the first game where he like leaves that letter and he's like, "Please don't tell Minnie," and then Donald like or no, he says like, "Please please apologize to Minnie for me." Yeah, and Donald is the one who like takes the punishment for that, right? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he is just like, he's just focused on what he's got to get done, and he doesn't really think about the consequences. It seems like, yeah, he's very Sora in that way. Yeah, but I, I don't know that he thinks of himself that way. I bet not. <laughs> Probably not. Um, but uh, yeah, they they fight some nobodies and such. They get to uh, Memory Skyscraper, the site of uh, Riku and Roxas's fateful battle. Yes. And Donald and Goofy are suddenly held back by two nobodies with swords. I don't know why they are so affected by this. Right. I mean, They've killed like a hundred of these nobodies already. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that is weird. But for, for the plot, they are held back by two nobodies. 
And Roxas appears with his hood up, and he attacks Sora. Yeah, this is pretty neat, although slightly confusing. (laughs) It is slightly confusing. Uh, Fun fact, in the original version of the game, this was just a cutscene, but in Final Mix, you actually get to fight him. And it's a fucking hard fight. He's really strong. That's appropriate. Uh, Yeah, their keyblades clash, and then they have a a battle inside Sora's heart. And we will learn after the battle that Sora and Roxas do just vanish. Yeah, this was literally inside Sora's heart. Yeah, he gets, like, pulled into his own heart. And, yeah, he they fight. He says, uh, who are you? Roxas says, I'm someone from the dark. And Sora says, Riku? (laughs) And Roxas says, I defeated a Riku once, which I don't think is true. Uh, they oh yeah no because because riku won by no riku did lose riku lost he defeated riku until riku became ansem and strangled him to death that's what i mean yeah i guess yeah i defeated a riku once and that was uh the end of it yeah and then nothing else happened yeah uh we get a pretty contentious line here oh yeah uh and it is why did he pick you yeah what did you think of that Roxas, yeah, I was thinking, I don't, yeah, I'm not sure who he's talking about when he says he, other than maybe, like, uh, unless he's saying, like, Zenmus chose him, I'm not really sure. What The general consensus is that he probably means Diz, since Diz was the one who was like, okay, Roxas, you will now stop existing. Oh, okay. Yeah, it could be. He might, he might see it as Diz is behind his existence being erased. Um, some people think he means Axel, which I don't think makes any sense. Some people think it's a bad translation and it was supposed to mean Keyblade, but I don't think that that really makes sense either. Yeah. Uh, I, I did look up the original Japanese and he basically says, tell me why you were chosen, which I think, I think the meaning of that is instead of me, why are you the one who gets to exist and not me? That makes way more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know why they didn't just have him say that. Maybe it would have implied weird stuff about Sora being, like, the chosen one, which isn't really a thing. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's it's weird. I feel like there's ways that they could have translated this without implying that someone was behind this. You know, just, like, why... Yeah. Even just, like, why you? Yeah, why does it get to be you? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. why does it get to be you? Yeah. That, I think that would have been a better line, but... Yeah, it's it's an unfortunately janky translation, uh, which kind of distracts a little bit from an otherwise very potent scene of Roxas trying to make sense of why he was cheated out of his life for reasons that are completely out of his hands, which is a very it's it's a very intense scene. Yeah. So what would have happened if Roxas won? theoretically would he then become sora or was uh you actually you actually get a screen where sora is like floating in the air and you have to you can continue uh you can load your game uh or i think you can go back to the last uh section hmm okay but what is (laughs) sure yeah i guess i just i was wondering theoretically what would happen but yeah uh, maybe Sora would have died? I don't know. You know what? I'm going to say that if Roxas had beaten him, I think he maybe could have overpowered Sora and become Sora. Right, like the way that Ans- that Riku is now Ansem. Yeah. 
I think that, I think that probably is what would have happened. I think that Sora would have just turned into Roxas, and then Roxas would be the one who exists. Man, are there a lot of fan fictions where that's what happened? Because I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking about it, and it seems pretty good. I I'll be honest. I have I have delved basically not at all into the realm of Kingdom Hearts fanfic, except when I've gone on fanfiction.net and gone like crossover Kingdom Hearts Garfield. Okay, I guess I've got to do it. <laughs> Next time on Sounds About Light, <laughs> two hours of Ooh, fanfic, fanfic special. Yeah, now there's an idea. Um, are you doing this right now? <laughs> no. Okay, perfect. Uh, but yeah, so Roxas says, "Why you?" Essentially, and uh, he attacks Sora again, and Sora like kind of launches Roxas into the air, and he looks down at the stained glass station of heart or whatever it's called. And he sees Sora surrounded by all of his friends, and he says, I see, that's why. Which was a very sad moment. Poor Roxas. Yeah. Poor guy. Uh, and then he, when he lands, he gets, like, really pissed off. And he just starts, like, attacking relentlessly uh, until he knocks Sora's keyblade out of his hand. Uh, but Sora surprises him by summoning it back to his hand and delivers the finishing blow. Yeah. Uh, and Roxas has a little flashback to the scene where Xemnas gave him his name outside the Twilight Town mansion. I believe we already talked about that with Days, so we don't need to now. Yeah, no, he did. Yeah. Uh, but then we get a little scene uh, that is, I mean, I I don't want to say that it's not happening. It's ambiguous in what way it's happening. Yeah, but yeah is this the afterlife? Is this Roxas's dying thoughts? Yeah, what is this exactly? I'm going to say that as Roxas dies, he connects with Axel's heart and they, I guess what I'm getting at is in this scene, I do think that this is really them. I don't think it's like uh, Roxas imagining things. Yeah, I took it that way. They both died recently or changed existence recently. So it makes sense to me that maybe they get a chance to kind of talk to each other. Yeah, we know that like Shion, when she died, she like attached her being to Roxas for a little bit in some way. Yeah. Uh, so that she could communicate with Riku through the Keyblade or whatever the hell was going on there, according to an interview that Nomura did, because there's no way that anyone would have ever understood that that was what was going on in the cutscene. Right, yeah, that thing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Roxas and Axel are sitting on the clock tower in Twilight Town, uh, and Roxas says he's going back where he belongs. And Axel wonders, he says, you know, Namine said something to me once. Is it possible that we all really do have hearts? And Roxas says, I don't know, but if we did, we would feel it, wouldn't we? And I think that I think that he implies that they can't just cut their cut themselves open and check. Yeah, it's like we can't look inside ourselves. So no way to know. Yeah, I think he meant that very literally, which is true. True. Listeners, don't do that. You, I know. Don't you, try to look at your own heart. Oh man, the epidemic going across the nation after the recent sounds about light episode. <laughs> Podcast enjoyers across America are chopping their own torsos open for a glimpse inside. Uh, I, just, uh, I wasn't sure I had a heart. <laughs> now I do, but I did cut it in half. Oops. Oops. Uh, Axel hands him some ice cream. They reminisce about the first time they watched the sunset together. Uh, this was a little weird because Roxas is like, yeah, this place is home. 
my friends, Hayner, Pence, and Olette, and Axel's like, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Cool, 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 cool. You hung out with those kids mostly in a simulation. <laughs> Axel, for, for, for the record, does not seem remotely offended that Roxas is thinking about the three of them right now. No. He, he just tells Roxas he's sure that they'll meet again someday, uh, and... Roxas says Sora's waiting for him. This is sad. Axel has to, like, look away, and he's like, Man, this is good ice cream, eh? Yeah. Yeah. I This stuff's good. I get why people like the Axel and Roxas stuff. Yeah. They they say goodbye, they, they cry a little, and they fade away for real this time. Farewell. I assume they will show up again somehow. Why would you think that? I don't know. It's Kingdom Hearts and they're popular. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, meanwhile, back in the in the dive to the heart, uh, Roxas collapses and his hood falls off. But he, he gets back up and he smiles at Sora and tells him, you make a good other, which is nice. It is nice. It's nice that Roxas sort of accepts, considering like the last time we saw him meet with Sora... It was very, like, bitter, and he's like, Look, looks like my summer vacation is over. God damn it. I guess it's up to you now. I like I like that he he feels like he accepts it a little bit more this time. Well, he got his ass kicked by him, so he knows that he's he's uh, at least going to do the job. <laughs> yeah, Sora used master form in the fight, and Roxas said two, and then he said, well, that's fine then. Yeah. <laughs> Just as long as you can do two. Yeah. Uh, and Sora reappears at the skyscraper. Donald and Goofy <laughs> tell him that they had to fight a bunch of nobodies without him, which is pretty funny. Yeah. I mean, we know how that goes when you fight nobodies with them. Oh, <laughs> Right, yeah. Um, I will edit in the sounds of them both dying there. <laughs> maybe they uh, maybe they do but, better when Sora's not getting in their way and stealing all the elixirs. <laughs> Once you were gone, we could finally equip some items for once. <laughs> uh, and Sora says, uh, the guy in the black coat said that he beat Riku. And Donald's like, well, no one could do that. Uh, Why did they think this? And then Donald says, also, we couldn't see anyone. I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, did Sora disappear or did he just, like, go, like, start staring into the distance? He literally disappeared, he lit- Yeah, he literally say. disappeared into his own heart, which is, wow, that's interesting. They just didn't see Roxas. Yeah. Little weird, yeah, but that's fine. That's Kingdom. Did the organization know this was going to happen or trigger this somehow? Because they kind of, no, Axel did this. Oh, Axel did. That's right, Axel did this. Okay, got it. Yeah. Oh, this is something you wouldn't know probably. Mm. Uh, But every member of the organization that we see, uh, not including the one, well, that we see, but they all have their own nobodies who like work for them directly. Mm So, like, there's these ones that, like, jump around and, like, shoot you with guns. Those are Zigbar's nobodies. And gotcha. uh, Zaldin has these, like, lancers. So the the samurai ones that were holding up Donald and Goofy, those were Roxas's nobodies. Roxas's or Axel's? Roxas's. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Basically what happened here is Axel made this connection with Sora which sort of stirred Roxas's heart within him. I see. Okay. Woke up Roxas. Roxas sort of manifests long enough to control his nobodies to keep Donald and Goofy busy. 
while he fights Sora. Maybe for control of the body, maybe just to to try to get some answers. Unclear. Yeah. I don't think that he really fully intended to, like, assume direct control. Yeah, I mean, who knows how much he could really think about stuff as a part of Sora's heart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like this scene, though. I like that Donald and Goofy seem, like, really concerned for him, especially Donald, since he's such an asshole most of the time. Yeah. Secret answer report eight. Oh, shit. Uh, this one is uh, shortly after he arrived at Castle Oblivion. It appears that I have been too distracted by the behavior of Xehanort and his cohorts and the events occurring in their vicinity. My friends struggle to protect the Realm of Light from the threat of Heartless is now over, with Xehanort's Heartless, going by the name Ansem Seeker of Darkness, defeated at last. That must have been a wild feeling for him. Yeah. <laughs> if if someone, like, if I had, like, a friend at work or something, and then he, like, kicked my ass and started going around calling himself Sam the Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> no, stop! <laughs> That's my name. The other wielder of the Keyblade, this hero, in quotes, traveled from world to world, sealing up keyholes and laying Heartless low. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and really giving it to him. <laughs> Meanwhile, the king, who had dived into the realm of darkness, worked with the Keyblade-wielding hero to close the door to Kingdom Hearts from the realms of both darkness and light, thus holding off the threat of tremendous darkness. But there is still a great number of Heartless afoot, and Organization 13 and the Nobodies continue to be active in the shadows. Indeed, the world is still a very dangerous place. We must find a way to do battle with these enemies. Thus, I will both make amends and have my revenge. It is for this reason that I have infiltrated Castle Oblivion. It consists of 13 floors above and 13 floors below ground. Not necessary, thank you. Nope. With the contents of its white rooms transforming in response to its visitors' memories, Organization 13 was conducting experiments on memory here. The subject in these experiments, a girl named Namine, appeared to possess extremely unusual abilities. Were they attempting to derive something from these powers? Refusing to be distracted by Organization 13, I had returned to my own secret research when a new visitor appeared at the castle today. It was Sora, the Keyblade-wielding hero who had defeated Ansem and his companions. Deep underground, the stench of darkness and Bod arose. <laughs> All the players are coming together, it would seem. Hmm. Okay. This one maybe is for people who didn't play Chain of Memories. <laughs> right, yeah, which is probably a lot of people at this point. Nice to know that uh, the stench of darkness is <laughs> extremely canon. Yeah, it's... it's. That's why he's got the blindfold. That's why he's got the blindfold. Do we get anything else from this? I guess just that they were conducting experiments on memory here. I think I told you that at the time, which I probably would only know because of this report. Yeah, and then and Nomine was central to the experiments, not just like yeah. somebody that could um, manipulate memory. Yeah, of course, as we know, they were also looking for the Chamber of Waking. The room for email. <laughs> Uh, that's that report. They catch up to Mickey outside of the Flying Castle and say, How the heck are we gonna get up there? That's that. Yep. Uh, Kyrie is locked up in the dungeon with Pluto, a fate worse than death. <laughs> and Syx comes to see her, and he just says, You are the fire that feeds Sora's anger. And then he just leaves. Yeah, it's like, this could have been a, a letter or a text. Or an email. Yep, or an email. Yeah. But Xemnas is hogging the computer. Yep. Syx just loves saying shit to people to piss them off and then leaving. Yeah. Well, everyone's got a signature move. 
I'm keeping you here to piss Sora off. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you. And then Kairi's like, but then a corridor of darkness opens up in the cell, and Namine tells Kairi to believe in herself. Do you get it? Yeah, no, that's my note, is believe in yourself. Get it? <laughs> that's some... That's some Kojima Death Stranding type shit. Yeah. That is... I don't... I don't care for that. <laughs> yes, I get it. Thank you. Uh, and Kairi takes Namine's hand, and their hands light up. And for what it's worth, I probably should have said this in the first place, but to Kairi's credit, she is not immediately trusting of Namine. <laughs> no, but doesn't have better options. Yeah, and when they touch, their hands light up, and it makes a light so bright that Sora can see it outside the castle. And then he... This is weird, because what I thought this was, was that Sora would, like, shoot the light with his keyblade, and it would get them away into the castle. But instead, he's like, how do we get into the castle? Oh, I know, I'll use my keyblade to make a bridge. Yeah, he makes, like, a light bridge, like, from Halo. Yeah. I don't know why he didn't just do that in the first place, but I also don't know how he was able to do it in the second place. So there you go. Gotta assume that the nobodies can turn on a light bridge with a button. You think he didn't even do it? No, I think it's that his key is able to open stuff and there was Oh like a... he 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 remotely he used it as a remote control. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was the garage door opener uh, to uh to the world that never was. That may very well be how we're meant to interpret it, that he just remotely activated the bridge. Yeah. I don't know. That's the end of this part. Yeah. Good part. I, this was, I mean, I think, I don't know, I'm sure it could, came across the episode, but I had a lot of fun with this one, so it was a good part. Yeah, the the Tron stuff is so good. Uh, I love getting to see Roxas and Axel. Yeah, the worst part was the part where Cloud fought Sephiroth, <laughs> and that's still fun, at least. And I didn't even watch that, so imagine what a great time I had. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but next time we are... Oh, what did you just paste here? <laughs> Lightblade25. Oh, is this, this yeah. is the user? Yeah. Theme song, Forsaken by Skillet. My theme changes a lot. Quote, I am the master of epicness. Fear me. <sighs> I like his limit break, which just kills all the bad guys limit. I like hit nerdy stuff. Miss algebra. <laughs> yeah, what does that mean? Also, this is... Clearly, like a weird piece of Syx fan art. Yeah, what the hell is? Yeah, he's going got a comment here? about that. He says, um, "If I like Zigbar so much, why why is Syx on my page instead of him? Because that pick is awesome. Plus, Syx is my That's third favorite cool. after Axel and Zigbar. Fair enough. Yeah, nicknamed the Master of Epicness. Yeah, uh, we're we will meet the Master of Epicness uh, when we get to Union Cross, but." Mm, mm-hmm. For now, this is Wish Us Duck. Yeah. Uh, what should we read from uh, either the fan and wiki or Lightblade25's profile? Well, you know, you get to choose because I'm still having a hard time making consonant noises. You were bragging. You were gloating. You said on Discord today, oh, I've mastered I said I've had marginal improvement that will probably not come across once I get to the episode. You said I am the master of epicness. I well, and I said I'll I'll believe it when I hear it. Okay, you're right. That's what I said. And well, you'll hear it right now. Here we go. I 
I'm fearing you. Yeah, I mean, it sounded I scary, st- I'm sure. I stand corrected. <laughs> I'm really held back by the fucking N. I can't do it. I can't do most consonant noises, so. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll try to say I'm a nerd. Yeah, N is impossible. I, I literally don't know how to do it. I've tried so... It's it's nasal, but you can't do it nasal and also the corner of your mouth where the air lives. Well, yeah, and I'm doing that thing where I have my tongue across my... into my cheek, and so that makes it really hard. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's, that's enough perfect audio. For everybody. <laughs> we'll see how much of this goes into the episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, next time we are going to finish Kingdom Hearts 2. <laughs> but it'll be good. We've, I mean, we've got to fight Zigbar. We've got to fight Saix. We've got to fight Luke Sword, who he showed up in Pirates, but they didn't actually fight him. Oh, that's right. He just threw some gold in the air. Yeah. I might, I might make you watch some of those fights. Uh, because some of them are interesting in ways. All right. Yeah, I'm down for that. Uh, or maybe they're not, and I'm mixing them up with fights from a different game with a different character. Hmm. Uh, it's impossible to say until I say it later next week. Uh, and then we're going to talk about Birth by Sleep, which I'm excited slash scared for, as I've said every week for the past like three weeks. I'm sure it's good. I'm sure it's better than probably the other interstitial games we've looked at. I mean, that's Chain of Memories and Days. I have a lot of opinions about Birth by Sleep. Sometimes I think it's one of the best games in the series. Sometimes it makes me very sad and not in a good way. Huh. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> but we'll get about that very soon. Uh, until then, you can find us on Twitter at Sounds About Light, on co-host at Sounds About Light, and you can find me on co-host at Positive Strace. Find me on co-host at Achilles Heelys. On Zero to Zero, we have started watching Fantastic Four 2015, aka Fantastic and in some ways, it's better than I thought it would be, and in others, it is exactly as bad as I thought it would be. <laughs> How does it stack up against Blade Trinity? Better. Interesting. I mean, probably. Sad Sad to say, it's better. I like it a lot more than Blade Trinity. That is sad, yeah. Blade Trinity makes me sad in a similar but different way to Breath by Sleep. Yeah, I guess with Blade Trinity is you've seen good Blade before, where you haven't seen good Fantastic Four yet. Also, Birth by Sleep, a.k.a. Keyblade Trinity. Thank you. Oh. Because it's three characters. Okay, uh, okay great. Uh, and on Doctor Huh, we are going to be watching... The Idiot's Lantern hmm. Coronation Special, just in time for Coronation. Oh, really? Hmm. That's the way the numbers crumbles. It's uncanny sometimes. <laughs> anything else? Uh, no. Uh, I don't got anything else going on at the moment. <laughs> Check out other podcasts on noisespace.xyz, like Camarocho Radio and Fear Baiting and The Island Shuffle. Yeah, those are good. Check them out now not now finish this episode that it would be ridiculous if you listen no to no 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 go listen back. to them now and then listen to 10 more seconds of this podcast please welcome back bye bye <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that was a bad one oh my man yeah that was even worse
we're we we got too excited to be done with this podcast. Why have I I've lost it. I lost it. I what the fuck? Hold on. Oh. Whatever. Keyblade. Keyblade. Fuck it. Bye. Bye. Hey, why the long face? What happened? Trump just disappeared. And he promised we'd see him again. Greetings, friends. System is up and ready for user input. Tron! Stay in touch. Yeah. I'm Tron. Hey, stop that. It tickles. Tron is ticklish? How about this? Please stop that. <laughs> 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 I think Tron's been hanging around those guys too much. 